0: Good afternoon and welcome to the City and School District Select Committee on Thursday, October 22nd. Uh, I want to recognize members that are here today. Uh, We have Commissioners Haney, uh, Walton. Um, Fewer uh, is here as well. Uh, She's just briefly stepped out. I want to recognize Supervisor Norman Yee. Um, Supervisor David Campos will be joining us soon, shortly. I also want to recognize um, our clerk today, um, Derek Evans, as well as um, our staff at SFGovTV who makes each of our meetings available online and transcribe our meetings, Jim Smith and Leo de Assis. Uh, Mr. Clerk, are there any announcements?
1: Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. Please make sure to silence all cell phones and electronic devices. Completed speaker cards and copies of any documents to be included as part of the file should be submitted to the clerk.
0: Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Can you please call the first item?
1: Item number one is a hearing regarding updates on the Free Muni for Youth program and requesting the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency to report.
0: Thank you, Um, and I do want to recognize um, Supervisor David Cohen who led the charge uh, for the Free Muni for Youth program. Um, two years ago, and we'll let him make some comments um, after the presentation. But do you wanna uh, recognize uh, Candace Sue, who is here on behalf of um, SFMTA um, to present on this item. Thank you for being here.
2: Thank you, Supervisor Kim. Members of the Joint City and School Select Committee. uh, Candace Su, Communications and Marketing Director for the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency. Thank you for the opportunity to be here to present on Free Muni for Low and Moderate Income Youth. Today, we have Emmett Nelson here to present the majority of the remarks about this program and to update you. Emmett um, has the the distinguished um, record of having processed uh, most of the thousands of applications that came in for this program personally, and knows a lot about the program since its launch in 2013. Before he presents, I wanted to take a moment to update you on a few accomplishments that have happened since our last report to this body. Um, Two items in particular around improved coordination as well as news from Sacramento. Um, And just acknowledging that the um, SFMTA and the school district had a lot of opportunities to come together and better coordinate our efforts, um, which were acknowledged at our last presentation, Um, we have since um, begun meeting on a monthly basis uh, with the school district in a committee that looks at the, the 20 or so intersections between SFUSD and SFMTA. And because of that, we've been able to better coordinate on a number of issues that are planning and operational. Things from Muni school trippers and the times that they stop and arrive at each school, to crossing guards and where they're placed, how they're prioritized, to safe routes to schools, as well as parking and curb space. So in many thanks um, due to, to the presentations at this committee, we've been able to look at that and start to coordinate more effectively. It's still a work in progress, of course, but I think we're on the right track. And many thanks to um, Nick Kastner um, and Anna Velastic who's also at um, Public Health, the Department of Public Health, who are part of that coordination effort. On another note, we have some important news that came out of Sacramento on October 10th that we want to make sure this body is aware of. Uh, so on October 10th, Governor Brown signed into law SB 413 which is legislation that effectively decriminalizes youth fare evasion and allows transit operators like SFMTA to issue violations to minors using an administrative process rather than through the juvenile court system. This legislation was a priority for SFMTA this year following the success of the Free Muni for Youth program. So one of the goals, as you'll see, of the Free Muni for Youth program was to eliminate some of the stigma and fear of riding public transit and to create transit riders of the future. And it was important to us as an agency to tie in the decriminalization of youth fares to this program. The bill also... Um, defines noise violation as an infraction and it also allows for if we choose it to do so um, to uh, to have an infraction for failing to yield priority seating to elderly and disabled passengers i'll also note that um, the bill was carried by the california transit association um, it had support from the San Francisco Youth Commission, and we also were very fortunate to receive a letter of support from the school district for this bill, and we we're very pleased that it passed. So I wanted to make sure you were updated on that. Um, and now I'd like to introduce Emmett Nelson, who will come up and present on Free Muni for Youth. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Ms. Sue. Thank you for being here.
3: Um, Good afternoon. As Candace said, my name is Emmett Nelson. I'm the Programs Manager for SFMTA's low-income programs, um, for this case specifically, free muni for youth. Uh, I want to thank you all for having me today. It's it's an honor to come and speak to you about the the strides we've been making with this program. Uh, Just a quick program overview for you. Um, As you know, the, the program right now provides free muni access to low- and moderate-income youth in San Francisco. Um, When the program was initially passed, it covered youth ages 5 to 17. And this year has been expanded to include 18-year-olds, as well as SFUSD's Special Education Services Program students and English Learner Program students. And for both of those programs, it's for the students that are aged 19 to 22. So really more of an all-comprehensive program for all of the students enrolled in, in the school district. The The free pass is a one-time pass loaded onto an existing or a registered clipper card. Uh, basically, this just means that it's not a monthly pass like an adult will buy on their clipper card. It's a one-time pass that we load onto a clipper card for the youth that they can ride carefree with until they turn 19. Um, it's, it's, it's a nice, a nice iterative of, of not having to load it every month. It cuts down our admin time, but also doesn't make the, the youth have to you know, remember to upload their, their pass every month. It's available only to San Francisco residents. Um, this was one of the, the strict issues from the get-go, and it, it only applies to households that are making at or below the 100% of the Bay Area median income level. Um, the, the stat we throw out for that is a family of four could be making about $101,000 a year, and their kids would qualify for the program. The initial goals of the program uh, were to, first and foremost, to increase transit ridership among youth in the city, and really to get them to school. We we heard from from surveys early on that that a fare to get to school was was often uh, a barrier to getting to school in the morning. So that was one of the the big program uh, boosts was was to get kids to school. As, as Kansas as Kansas stated, it's also to eliminate the stigma and fear associated with fare evasion, and really to to incentivize families. Who are in the city and have been in the city, just to remain in the city. If they're able to get their kids to school, then um, then they're going to stay here longer. I'll briefly go through this, but you guys know the application process. It's it's, uh, it's we just we send out a Clipper card to youth who do not have one. If the youth already has a Clipper card, then they upload the pass on their their Clipper card. They can apply it through the mail or online. It's a pretty easy process for the youth, and we process all applications within four weeks. Um, in 2013, with the school district, our, our teams did a survey of about 6,000 students to sort of capture what, what people's idea of writing Muni was and how it had changed from before they had the pass to having the pass now, and then the difference between students that have the free pass and do not have the free pass. And we've got a, a few responses here on the slide, but really the main driving home point is that youth that are using the free Muni pass have a better – overall experience on Muni and a better expectation of Muni compared to the kids who are not currently using the Free Pass. This is a slide that, that we've been using quite a bit to show the saturation of, of the 10 most popular bus lines for students using the Free Pass. It pretty much covers the entire city. Um, you know, we see do, a lot of kids do transfer on their way to school in the morning and the way home, but these are the, the 10 most popular uh, popular bus lines for Free Muni. As far as participants, it's been a pretty successful program. Right now, we have around 27,000 youth aged 5 to 17 in the program, about 4,000 18-year-olds in the program, and then around 700 for the special programs, so the 19 to 22-year-olds enrolled in the two special SFUSD programs.
0: And, And just to ask a quick question, have we seen this is the second year of the program?
3: Yeah, yeah, we're about in the third year now. Third yeah. year now.
0: And are we seeing an increase um, every year in participation and number of youth sign up, or is it pretty static since the first it's school year? It's remained
3: pretty static for the last year, and that's associated to kids dropping off when they turn 19 and kids coming in when they turn 6. Mm-hmm. Um, we do see a boost at the beginning of every school year, but then that tends to drop off a little bit as the school year goes on either because people stop using the pass, and we can't quite figure that out. But it's remained pretty stagnant for the last mm-hmm. year. Question. Uh, I'm sorry, Supervisor
4: Yee. Yeah, just really quickly, um, um, do you have – is there any way to um, measure or collect information about – you you have individual um, participants, but do you know how many times they have to use it?
3: Yeah, yeah, we can get granular down to each person's clipper card. I have a slide coming up that shows the average tags per day for youth. Okay. Um, And then we can even – Go down by zip code for those types of things i don't have that today but something we can certainly provide that would be really interesting yeah so i'll get to those slides pretty quickly thank you Um, this this slide here shows at least the, the zip code breakdown for the students that are participating the numbers are slightly lower than the total participation rates because this map is a little bit old but but the trend has remained the same so most of the kids that are using the program reside in the western and the southeastern neighborhoods And then this slide shows the last 12 years, or sorry, 12 months of ridership data for the youth using the free pass. Um, And during the school year months, we see about 600,000 tags per month, which comes out to roughly 20,000 average daily tags. And then, we're seeing between eight and twelve thousand individual kids that are tagging their card each day. So the kids that are writing are writing pretty frequently, and maybe making transfers or going to their after-school event or home and using it uh, well, very well. I, I, and as I stated, we can we can provide data based on um, zip codes for this as well. Uh,
4: it w- what would be interesting, you know, for the three years that we've had it, to look at the comparisons of the years also.
3: Yeah, yeah. So if the, for the first six to eight months we didn't have this data capability but um, the the trend you see here is pretty much what's been going on for the last two years so the ridership remains at that high peak uh, during the school year months and then dips down for the summer but not not that much by well about 30 percent it dips in the summer but that's because Mm -hmm. the kids aren't guaranteed to be making those two trips every day so uh, the, the free Muni program really ties into everything that that we're doing at SFMTA. Um, as we move into our Muni Forward program, we're looking to increase services to 140,000 customers. You know that that program is really focused on 70% of all the riders in the city, and then and we assume that that the increase in services will also encapsulate the youth that are using the free pass to continue to ride more effectively and more efficiently to their destinations. Um, we, we're adding more vehicles to, to help us leave those those issues and to get the kids writing um, you know to school and getting there on time so overall i we feel it's been a great success and we it's been fun to work on and now it's, it's grown to include seniors and people with disabilities so it's really been a, a great boost for for the city for, for at least the residents writing to, to destinations and any any questions i'm happy to answer
0: thank you mr nelson um this was actually um exactly the type of data that I wanted to see. Um, it's really get, great to see the actual ridership, um, the surveys that were done with the youth, and to see such high numbers in terms of favorable experience um, on Muni, and feeling like they're being treated re- with respect and feeling safe um, riding Muni. So I, I think that this is really good data, and also to see where, um, what lines the youth are riding on. And I assume that this is based on the tags, of yeah, these cards?
3: Exactly, yeah. We either have a GPS data point or at least a bus line data point for each tag.
0: So you track just the um, free, uh, free Muni for Youth Clipper cards and you can tell where they're getting tagged and how often they're being used?
3: Yeah, we can at least see where they're getting on. You know, we don't know what their destination is, Right, we can't to see where they're getting off. I think up. it's
0: amazing that we can collect um, that type of fine grain level of data um, and, and see where the ridership is and um, just one other thing to note, um, do, on average per card, is it, is it an average of two times a day usage, or do you see much more frequent usage on cards uh, school year? It's right around 2.2 mm-hmm.
3: tags, so um, it's, it, it's probably someone transferring um, during their, their trip yeah. to boost mm-hmm. that up above two.
0: Super interesting data. Um, do you have a couple of comments and questions from supervisors and commissioners, um, starting with Supervisor Yee, or oh, that was right, right?
4: Yeah. Um, thanks for the presentation. Um, the, it's great to see that uh, so many of the kids are using this, and, and I guess the 2.2 um, uh, is a good thing, meaning they, they leave home, go to school, they go to, uh, leave school, they go home. <laughs> <laughs> if I saw, like, four or five uh, tags every day, oh, I wonder where they're going. <laughs> right. Um, it, it seems that like you've made improvements to the program, um, and I'm just wondering, going forward, are there um, other, other improvements that you're anticipating that you would like to do or see or uh, from the survey? Are there any in, in indications of how to improve it?
3: Yeah, we're, we're continuing to work with community outreach groups to, to reach families that aren't potentially students in SFUSD or maybe missed the program. Right now, every new student in the school district receives an application in their new student packet, but that can often be lost on the way home. So we we work with a lot of outreach groups to, to reach out to families to continue to drive home. You know, this program's available. It's here to help you, and this is a service you should be taking advantage of.
4: And, and I'm just curious. Um, I... I um is, it, is the outreach effort uh, similar to public schools as it would be to private schools or vice versa uh,
3: we're a little more ingrained in, in the public schools uh, the saturation has been a little more difficult to get into the private schools and that's where the community groups really really help out
4: mm-hmm. um and then i i do have a quick question for miss sue uh, maybe after everybody have a question you know finish with you sure.
0: Great. Commissioner Fewer.
5: Yes. Um, yes, thank you, Supervisor Cam. So thank you for this. Actually, this is great. I mean, I love to see this kind of data that I think it was, you know, when we first started, we were a little concerned about how we may be implementing this and will students use it. And, and it seems as though it's really taken off and it's really successful. And also people are liking their Muni experience, so even better. Um, so I am wondering of our liaison, Jamelia, if you wouldn't mind sending a copy of this to every board member so they also are updated on Free Muni for Youth. Thank you very much.
6: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Fewer. Commissioner Haney.
7: <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank you for this. I also think this is really exciting, and and to see how many young people are taking advantage of this is really um, extraordinary. And I think to fill the tremendous vision that that this body had, and Supervisor Campos in particular, uh, for doing this, um, I, I had a couple questions. Part of it was it was uh, answered um, uh, from Supervisor Yee's question, but I wonder if you have a sense. I saw it by neighborhood, but if you have an, a way to um assess the level of saturation at individual schools um if you share data or cross-reference data with the school district in that way to say you know this is the percentage of an individual school that's that's utilizing it and that we need you know at one of our big high schools where there's a lower percentage that are using it maybe we need to have greater direct outreach and and whether that's something that we might be able to work uh together on that that was my first question And, and the second one was was sort of Somewhat related, but a little bit <coughs> off, um, but something that you mentioned in your in your presentation, which is um, the the buses that I, I think you have a um, the specific buses that are for um, uh, students that sort of come at particular times. Um, how, and I know there's a, a name that was referenced for, of those. How are those um, decided on in terms of um, uh, which schools receive those? and and sort of what sort of data do you rely on uh, to make a determination that you're going to uh, develop one of those more specific direct routes uh, for an individual school because I see them at some schools and not at others and so I sort of uh, was wondering and then last thing just so you know we introduced a resolution recently at the school district which will be working its way through the process around um, equitable and sustainable transportation a lot of a focus on walking and biking, but also makes a number of references to uh, work around public transportation, extending safe routes to schools to all of our schools. So we hope to, to be able to work uh, closely and collaborate even more moving forward as a result of that policy.
3: Yeah, most definitely. Um, to your second question about the, the buses hitting the schools that have, that are more congested during those times, I, I don't have that information on me right now, but I can get that to you. Uh, I assume it's, it's survey data that might be just – boots on the ground and, and seeing how crowded kind of those buses are and then the call to get more buses out there but i can get more information for you on that as far as the, the school data uh, schools were, were it was a self-reported part of the application so we do have quite a bit of information on each of the app um, each of the riders. but not every participant reported the school they attend so we do have about 60 percent of the participants in what school they go to and what grade they were in when they first applied and we can you know, make a conclusion on their date of birth as far as what grade they might be in now, and then well, we can certainly use that data to try to make some um, you know effort with the school district to see what what the saturation is within each school. That's something we haven't done yet, but that's something we can do. And Is that something you can share share with the... yeah that's that's a pretty easy data point okay. to get. I, I could share the number of students that that are enrolled in each school. Thank you.
0: Great. Thank you I, you know I know at some point um, I, I've heard this from some of the school board members that um, because of the general increase in congestion throughout the city um, primarily with additional drivers um, on the street that um, we're hearing that more and more students and families are not making it to school on time um, due to traffic that's not an issue limited to muni per se um, but just you know a larger conversation piece I think citywide on and what we can do in the morning kind of gridlock hours certainly not a discussion for today but just something um, i want to note because it's something anecdotally that i've heard from school board members and principals
4: yeah
0: um so at this time
3: oh back to candace
0: okay just follow ye- up okay supervisor ye
4: thank you chair kim
0: i wasn't sure if you just didn't take your name off
4: so i never want to take my name off okay
0: i, I will just call on you every single time
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Commissioner Haley already sort of asked a question about uh, timing of synchronizing of buses and so forth. And, I, yeah, I, I would like to uh, get a report in, in terms of an update of how we're doing with that. Um, there's there are, there are lines that come pretty frequently, and there are lines that don't come very frequently. So we've got those are the ones I, I'd like to have some focus on to make sure that uh, it's synced up. And so a student doesn't have to wait around for 25 minutes. Um, and for Miss um, Sue, I mean, her comment about um, of one of, or maybe it was your comment, but uh, one of the 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 benefits of of uh, this program and at um, least almost right into our next discussion is that we're hoping it um, motivates uh, families to continue to stay in San Francisco. And it's a big issue for uh, many of us on on the board of supervisors to try to look at ways in which we could keep families and children in san francisco because uh, as you know Sorry. San Francisco has the lowest percentage of children population in any any anywhere in in uh, in the united States um I think part of it is how do we improve transportation for uh, children how do we uh, build housing for families and so forth um so Thank you for pointing that out as uh, as another thing I could say to families, but look, we have free muni. <laughs> Thank you,
0: Supervisor Campos.
8: I'll okay. be very brief and I apologize to my colleagues for being late. I was actually at an MTC meeting uh, and uh, we're grateful that the MTC was also a, uh, a part of uh, making this uh, possible. And. You know, I just think it's really exciting that after all these years and all the effort that went into it, and very uh, severe opposition from even members of this board of supervisors, uh, you know, we managed to get this through. One thing that I that I would like to know more information about is what uh, Commissioner Haney was talking about, or what was mentioned about people uh, being late or uh, you know students being late to school because of what's happening with with, uh, congestion. Uh, I hope that's something that is discussed as the uh, MTA uh, moves forward on the continuation of the uh, tech shuttle program, for instance. Uh, You know, one of the reasons that I think we should explore the possibility of modifying that pilot so that buses these tech buses actually come to specific hubs perhaps in the outskirts of the city uh, closer to BART or or some transportation areas uh, is to avoid uh, or minimize some of the implications on traffic Um, and and so i I think that's something that i certainly would like to uh, to learn more about what the data shows in terms of uh, how kids are being impacted by traffic and, you know, uh, uh, tardiness to school being one, one of those factors. And I don't know if the MTA, you know, what what data is being collected around that, and I know that you meet monthly with the school district, but having that information would be very helpful.
3: Yeah, I'll look into it, and we'll see if we can get something Thank back you. to you.
8: And lastly, I just want to say, uh, you know, we have uh, Sheila chung Hagen back in my office who uh, worked to make this ha- happen, so... Uh, Sheila, this is uh, – look at what you started. Thank you.
0: We did a big shout-out to your office before you got (laughs) here and acknowledged your leadership and work in ensuring that this was a reality for um, our families and our youth. It's absolutely something that I'm proud that we invest in, um, that we provide free muni for our, our youth and our families to go to school and after-school programs, and also um, get to know the city. So at this time, I'm going to open up for public comment on this item. I have three speaker cards. Um, I have um, Alexandra von Bergman, Walter Paulson, and Elizabeth James. And if you'd like to speak on this item, please just come and line up on uh, the right-hand side of the chamber. Please come up. No specific order.
6: Alexandra. Uh, oh, Just come closer to the mic. Yeah, Alexandra, thank you. yeah, and I go to SF State. And I think this program is a really great idea, and it's obviously done a lot of good for the youth. And I think if this could be extended to college students, that could be also useful, because SF State is a really big commuter school. And I know a lot of people who don't have the cash will be like, oh, I'm just not going to go to class today or... I'll take a lift, and then that adds to um, the emissions from cars and traffic, and I think that could be a useful thing.
0: Thank you so much.
6: Thanks. Hi, I'm Elizabeth James. Um, I'm going to piggyback on what uh, Alex said. Um, SF State is a really big community, so is City College, and there are tons of students that aren't able to make it to class because they don't have the funds to get – school or it's like you know it's just something else that they can't afford so if this program were able to maybe expand so more students were able to get to class I think that'd be super beneficial or even if we were able to have like a reduced rate because you know many prices are going up and more people are finding it valuable to drive their cars but that's just adding to you know more cars on the road and more carbon emissions and you know more cars just Around the city, and I think we should cut down on that a lot more because I think that would really, really help. Um, and it would also just reduce the traffic. And as you guys were talking about um, the gridlock and all these cars, um, it could reduce that so much because if you go to SF State or City College on any given day, parking lots are loaded, street parking is loaded, everywhere around the community and in the neighborhoods are just inundated with cars. So I think that could be something interesting to look into.
9: Thank you. Thanks.
10: Good good afternoon, board. And uh, Mustang Muni, won't you slow that bus price down? Mustang Muni, won't you slow that bus price on zero down? You've been riding all over town. Why don't you bring the price zero free down? We bought you, bought some brand new buses. Some that can really mighty and drive. Mustang bus now. Mustangs, Mustang Muni. Won't you bring that price on down? You've been riding all over town. You'll get a big free youth. Thank you from every district in line in town. Free wheels on the Muni, keep on turning. And I know that you're really earning. Free wheels on the Muni, keep on turning. And we're really, you're going to be really learning. And thank you, thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Mr. Paulson. Um, so at this time, I see no other public speakers on this item. James, so, can, can I just? Uh, I need to close public comment before oh, okay. anyone Sorry. speaks. So seeing no further comments for public comment, I will now close public comment. Supervisor David Campos.
8: I just want to thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, to the students that spoke about uh, extending this program to uh, uh, to college students uh whether it's community college uh as if state uh, I do think that's something that's really worth exploring and I know that it's actually something that came up in the the initial discussion around free uni for youth and to the credit of many of the the college students that came and spoke to us about that they they uh decided that it was better for them to hold off on pushing for that so because they did not want to undermine the the success of the Free community for youth program which was you know facing an uphill battle at that point but you know the time is here the time is now to extend it and and i certainly look forward to uh you know reaching out to you and working with any of my colleagues members of the board of uh of supervisors and board of education to make that happen hey you know look at all the money that airbnb just Spent on their uh, interesting ads, they could that money could actually fund probably <laughs> uh, free muni for uh, for college students in San Francisco. But but I think it's something that is really important, uh, worth worth noting. Thank you.
0: Thank, thank you, Supervisor Campos. I I think we should note that um, it is the users that are paying those taxes. <laughs> but um, I'm glad to see that people are paying the revenue um, to the city that goes back into our infrastructure. Um, Seeing no further closing comments um, from board members, uh, I will entertain a motion to continue this item to the call of the chair so we can get further updates. And we have a motion, we can do that without opposition. Thank you so much, SFMTA, for being here. Um, we're really excited about the data that's coming through this program. So, um, Mr. Clerk, can you please call item number two?
1: Item number two is a hearing requesting presentations from the San Francisco Unified School District Planning Department and Controller's Office on Residential Development Pipeline Projections, Enrollment Projections, and Related Educational and School Infrastructure Needed to Accommodate New Student Enrollment Due to Increased Residential Development.
0: Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, This is an item that I actually had um, called last year. after conversations with actually uh, Commissioner Fewer, talking about how with the increase in population growth, uh, the school district is also beginning to have conversations about what this might mean uh, for kindergarten enrollment in particular. Um, it's very exciting uh, to have, be having this conversation, uh, having served on the, super, uh, on the Board of Education with um, Supervisor Yee and also Supervisor Campos when he served as our general counsel. Um, you know we sat through many heartbreaking meetings where we were closing schools um, because of a declining uh, student enrollment and cuts um, from the state budget Um, and to now 10 years later have conversations about opening new schools um, because we have um, a growing interest in attending public schools a congratulations school district for growing um, on our enrollment but b because um, our population is uh, really rapidly growing here in san francisco in particular in the district that i represent where um, our district population grew 25,000 residents fra- between the 2000 and 2010 resident. Um, it's really uh, nice to actually be having a conversation about what it might mean to grow. And so I know that um, over the past year, along with Commissioner Mendoza, who also serves at the mayor's office, um, for the first time ever, um, SFUSD has been sitting down with the San Francisco Planning Department um, so we can better coordinate on housing production growth um, that the Planning Department approves on a weekly basis um, in their own commission, which is occurring today at this time, um, to also help um, the school district um, in growing and projecting um, their own student population. And so today's hearing is about these enrollment projections and the data that has been collected over the last couple of years, um, along with um, the meetings that have been convened um, between both the city and the school district. An interest specific to the district that I represent, um, of course, is the conversation around uh, building a new elementary school, uh, which is incredibly exciting in Mission Bay. Um, This was a commitment that was made by the city um, back in the late 1990s that was part of the Mission Bay Redevelopment Plan, that as we build a completely new neighborhood uh, where many residents had not been living and we grow out um, a part of the city, or residents hadn't been previously, that we need to ensure um, that infrastructure, like streets and roads, um, muni, but also schools, um, exist for these new families. Um, Supervisor Yee also represents another major large project on Park Merced, um, which we'll be developing over time. Um, And of course, we have another large project in Treasure Island and in the shipyards as well. Um, So I think this is a very timely conversation uh, to learn a little bit more about this work, but also to begin a conversation about a school that really has been long committed over 20 years was a discussion when I was on the school board um, to see what we can do to get this um, on track potentially. And so I know that we have Orlo O'Keefe here from SFUSD, but before I open up to staff, um, wanted to see if um, any members wanted to make opening comments. Supervisor Yee.
4: I just want to thank uh, Supervisor Kim for bringing this um, particular matter to this committee. Um, there's going to be a lot of growth, and then, I, in, and then you have a combination of population growth uh, with um, some work that 's being done at the city level i 'm I'm, uh, pushing some serious discussion about how we could cr- create uh, family housing in in our newer high rises, uh, which means that this is possibility that the percentage of families that will stay in the city will be higher and yeah um, and when you look at uh, as uh, supervisor Kim mentioned the the potential uh, um growth in some of these developments that are more f- in is in particularly my neighborhood where uh the growth will, will definitely attract uh, uh, more families than than other districts um percent's going up from 8000 or so people to eventually when they build everything out will be 25,000 uh, people living there um meaning it's almost like a a little town and i haven't heard of any discussion about where we're going to put the kids in terms of uh, uh, going to school Uh, we're talking about other projects within within my own district in district 7. Um, we're talking about Balboa reservoir that could put another 500 600 700 units uh, and it's going to be heavily uh, concentrated on on family housing so so this is the right time. I mean, we need to get ahead of the curve here, and I'm, I'm glad we're finally talking about Mission Bay. I believe, actually, the Mission Bay um, discussion in, in setting aside the uh, the plot of land was done in the early 90s. Um, I was part of, of that discussion, and um, it's, it's really interesting when you have a situation where something was so dis- uh, discussed so long ago that by the time I got to the school board, um, and I mentioned it to um, the administration there at the time. Nobody even knew about this plot of land that Mission Bay, uh, at Mission Bay that was available. So, sort of coming full circle, I'm glad we're gonna be, uh, I'm hoping the school district will, will take a very aggressive uh, stance in, in trying to
11: make this happen.
0: Thank you, Supervisor Ye. Commissioner Walton.
11: Thank you, uh, Supervisor Kim. Um, Again, much like you noted earlier, it is exciting to be on the Board of Education at a time where we are talking about opening schools and population expanding here in the city Um, and excited about the the responsibility that we have to make sure that there are quality schools for uh, the influx of new communities and neighborhoods that we have in the city. Uh, And I also do believe in finishing what we started uh, in terms of going back to referencing conversations and plots of land that were set aside in Mission Bay, because I think it's important um, that we think about um, the impacts of a school in the area, and not just because of the influx of of students and families uh, in Mission Bay, but also in terms of where Mission Bay is located in proximity to larger areas where there are more students and more kids um, in the area also, and so I'm excited about continuous this conversation but one caveat I also just want to add um, as we think about this is we don't typically assign students to schools in the areas they live necessarily and so that's also a part of this conversation that we need to have thank you
0: thank you Commissioner Fewer.
5: yes um so thank you Supervisor Kim I think this is a very timely conversation to have um, we are debating about what should be on a proposed bond for next year and so it's a facilities bond so it's an opportune time i don't think it's whether or not we need a new school or we should build a new school in mission bay we must build a new school in mission bay and it is my personal opinion that the site that is given to us might might be adequate, but looking at these numbers, actually, it is too small of a site for the new growth at Mission Bay. And I think I would like to caution also my colleagues that the growth is not over it is still growing and so we look at the site that was given to us that can accommodate 500 students i think it would be our preference to be able to include early education there meaning an early ed program and a transitional kindergarten program as well as a through k-5 and as you know when we look at the population there at mission bay i think that we will see a um, a huge enrollment of younger children meaning First grade and kindergarten students, and possibly our early education um, students, and so it would. I would um, ask us to look at things creatively. That we are given this piece of land, of course, and it is all about land use here in San Francisco. But if there is a site that is larger that could accommodate a larger school, as this, we uh, we could also build up. But as you know, colleagues, all of our kindergarten, first grade, special education and pre-K must be on the first floor. And so that sort of limits um, the population we can have there. So as we listen to this data, um, please keep in mind, I think, that of the growth that is projected at Mission Bay. What we're looking at here, our yield um, simulation tells us maybe 922 students. But as I said, it is still growing. We are still building there, and there will be still a lot more building there. And so a larger site that could accommodate more students, I think, um, would be more beneficial to the district. But anyway, thank you. Um, Supervisor Kim for bringing this forward. It has been in discussion a long time, as Supervisor Yee has said. And so now that we're seeing these projections, and these are new projections also that the Board of Education received, and I think when we received them, we were quite shocked at the numbers because the building is happening so quickly, and it takes us five years to build a school. It would have been nice to be at the table, have been at the table, earlier than now as we are paying catch-up and as you know it takes us five years to build a school and i'm sure that we have some um, three-year-olds that are anxiously waiting to attend our new school in mission bay so i wish that we had started this earlier but here we are and um i think that when you look at these and Projections. You also will be shocked, Commissioner Yi, about your when your district. We are going to desperately need a new school in your district, also, as we have very small elementary schools surrounding that area, not even in close
0: proximity, quite frankly. Right. So thank, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Commissioner. And I do want to recognize that you brought this issue to our office last fall. Um, so really glad that we had a whole year for um, both the city and the school district to spend this time to work on it and present that today. Commissioner Haney.
7: Yeah. Um, so I also want to thank Supervisor Kim for bringing this forward. I think it's uh, incredibly exciting that we're having this conversation very timely, as uh, Commissioner Feuer said. Um, one of the things that, that I was really taken by, and I think we're going to hear about uh, in a moment, uh, is is what the future looks like for the growth of children and families and students in San Francisco. I think Um, If you look at the numbers, we uh, saw a huge drop from the mid-90s to 2008 in our enrollment. Since 2008, it's been going up. And the estimates show that in 2023, we're going to see numbers of students that we haven't seen since the 80s, Uh, huge increases in the number of students who are in our school district. And I think that's uh, exciting, but it also requires us to plan ahead for that right now. Uh, and we know that there are areas of the city where we need to be proactive to build now to meet that need. Uh, I, without a, a doubt, uh, and I think we're going to hear from the community today, uh, Mission Bay is a, is, a, is a place where we absolutely need a school, but there's also a number of other areas. So um, when we think about what it looks like to have uh, potentially you know, upwards of 12,000 more students than we have now, Um, uh, over the next uh, seven or eight years uh, it's a huge level of need and we're already feeling that crunch right now and so um, it's it's great that we are having the conversation now i think Commissioner Fuhrer said it'd be great if we even had it earlier but it's still important um, that we think ahead and that we move swiftly with the prospect of a facilities bond and that we hear from the communities who we sometimes have have made assumptions that they won't attend uh, SF Unified but sometimes that's been a self-fulfilling prophecy because we haven't actually built the schools um, to, to, to meet their need and to attract them to our, to our district. So I hope we'll also go into this with that in mind um, and a belief that we have a responsibility to serve every young person, uh, every student um, in our public schools in San Francisco, and that we should have that as a goal. Uh, so I, I, I hope that um, – We move swiftly and urgently, um, and I'm looking forward to this conversation and and seeing this get done.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Haney. So at this time, we'll bring up um, Orla O'Keefe from SFUSD, who will be presenting today. I also want to recognize that we have David Golden, um, who has the facilities uh, department in SFUSD, to answer questions, as well as Ted Egan from the controller's office on our side, and Sheila um, Nicolopoulos from planning um, as well. Thank you so much for being here.
12: Thank you. Good afternoon, uh, supervisors and commissioners. I'm happy. My name is Orlo Keefe, I'm the executive director of policy and operations. And I'm here to share um, some information that is new that we're and it's evolving. There's additional details um, being developed constantly. Um, and I look forward to responding to any questions you might have after the presentation. So the commissioners and supervisors have been talking a lot about the context. Um, There are incredible demographic shifts happening in the city. We can feel it. We can see it. I live in the city. Everywhere I go, I'm amazed by what's happening and and, um, the rate at which it's happening. Over 174,000 more people will need about 72,000 new housing units by 2030. Um, There are also community suggestions about Mission Bay, Candlestick. Park Merced and the Shipyard, um, and we've got our Vision 2025. We're tra- working to transform our public schools. So all of this has implications for the portfolio of public schools in San Francisco. Before I go any further, I want to apologize that the data projection is not working as it should, so the slides seem a little off. The other thing is I want to make sure the supervisors and commissioners actually have a copy of the presentation I'm sharing. I know that some of you have in front of you a presentation that I gave to the board in September. What I'm sharing today is slightly different. In general, the same, but it has been modified um, and there's some additional information in it. So does everybody have something that looks like this? It's in black and white, saving the color ink. Um, And I'm happy to email an electronic version if anybody um, would like to get a copy afterwards. So, um, as the commissioners and supervisors have mentioned, we're in an exciting time. We have come through a period of declining enrollment, and we're now just beginning to see the tide turn. In 1994, we had 62,000 students, and today we have 57,000 students. So we're really developing forecasts because we want to know what what we can imagine um, the future uh, enrollment might look like. So developing the projections, it's really an exercise showing possible future enrollment, and it makes assumptions about future trends and can vary depending on these assumptions. Um, Our approach has been collaborative, In fact, we've been developing enrollment projections for years. This is not the first time we've done it, and each time we've um, worked with the city to get data, um, and that's a critical piece. Um, So SF Planning Department, the Office of Community Investment and Infrastructure, and the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development um, all worked closely with the demographers that we hired that have done enrollment projections for us in the past, and all of their prior work has – proved to be very uh, realistic in terms of the actual outcomes. So they were projecting into the future. When you compare it to what our actual enrollments were, they were very aligned. Um, the process is ongoing. So, um, you know, there's enrollment from housing growth um, is in the past was very close to the uh, forecasts, um, and we plan to continue. And as I go through the presentation, I'll talk a little bit about some of the nuances about refining the um, the enrollment projections. So for the method for existing housing is really looking at the birth to kindergarten ratio. So basically to um, look at five years earlier, how many children were born in San Francisco and then the ratio of those who actually ended up enrolled in our public schools. And over the last few years, the uh, kindergarten, the birth to kindergarten ratio has been increasing. So we're seeing an increasing um, number of children born in San Francisco attending SFUSD schools. Um, the Grade pro- progressions looks at how many of the children who enter actually progress all the way through 12th grade. We have a lot of student movement. So students enter at different points throughout their um, PK-12 career and leave at different points. And so the enrollment projections look and see what's happened um, historically, and we use that to forecast in the future what the grade progressions might look like. We also look at new housing and student yields, so how many children who are living in different housing types are actually enrolled in public schools. Um, And then to actually create the enrollment projections, we take the numbers that we've developed through looking at existing housing and new housing, housing, combine the two, and that's actually what gives us our enrollment projections moving forward. So some of our key findings are that, as the commissioners and supervisors have been talking about, is that enrollment will continue to grow. So the large cohorts that we're seeing in in elementary school will move into middle school and then into high school. So we're expecting the greatest growth to happen at the middle school over the coming years. So between now and 2023, we think about 600 more K-5 students will come into the system. However, it's going to be over 1,000 at the middle school level. And then for a couple of years in the near future, high school enrollment will remain stable, but then will, will grow by about 1,000 students in, uh, by 2023. There's uncertainty about the magnitude of the growth. It depends on assumptions about student yields. So later in the slides, we're giving you a a low yield and a high yield. And I just caution people not to get too caught up in the yields, because there are some key messages in here that regardless of which way we want to look at student yields, there's actions we need to start taking now based on the data. Um, Bayview, south of Market, and Treasure Island will be the three neighborhoods that will experience the greatest amount of um, growth in the coming years. So from existing housing, and again, this is where I have to apologize for the PowerPoint uh, uh, projection, the fact that um, uh, there's something going amiss. But anyway, hopefully people can see it's just basically saying enrollment will continue to grow. And um, just from existing housing, we imagine growth will be anywhere from 3,000 to 6,000 by 2023. So we're currently at about 57,000. At the low end of the um, range, it's about 60,000 we'll grow to. At the high end, it's about 62,000. Again, we expect uh, most of the growth at the the middle and high school. So forecasting new housing, uh, enrollments from new housing is complex, but the one thing that's really clear, no matter how we look at it, is that substantial numbers of children will live in new housing, especially in the Bayview. About 31% of all students um, that will uh, we will um, become part of our school system um, will live in the Bayview. Um, Treasure Island is the next neighbourhood that will have a substantial number of students. About 20% of all of the <coughs> students that we predict will live on Treasure Island or Yerba Buena, and then about 18 percent um, south of market. Uh,
0: Ms. O'Keefe, before you move to the next slide, um, I know that you had listed the neighborhoods in order of number of projected students, but do you also take into account when the development uh, will actually occur? So, for yes, example, I, Treasure Island is, you know,
12: we're kind of years Absolutely. That's part of my presentation. Oh, okay. I'm going to get to that. Um, so between uh, new developments will yield anywhere from 7,000 to 12,000 additional students by 2040. Um, the average, uh, it's very hard with this presentation, I apologize, especially to the audience who don't have a hard copy. I apologize that the presentation is not working out the way it should in terms of the formatting. But projections can vary uh, significantly depending on assumptions. So just to illustrate, say, for example, we're going to have 70,000 new housing units, right, that are planned. If we use a student yield, in other words, for every unit, the number of children that would come from it, if we use a yield of 0.1, then the forecast would indicate we can expect about 7,000 new students. If the yield were 0.2, The forecast would be 14,000. So this is just illustrate to demonstrate that there's, you know, significant difference and why it's so important to have additional information. We're still waiting for additional information from the city that will help us refine um, the information about the yields. Can I ask a
8: quick question? Sorry. Yes. What, What is a typical yield usually?
12: The yield varies greatly depending on the location of the housing, the type of housing, and the price point of the housing. Um, So, for example, the number of bedrooms, a tower versus single family, close to part, you know, depending on the style of housing, the type of housing, and the price point, the yields vary thank you and we do have an extensive report that i'll get to you within the next couple of weeks hopefully um, that will actually break it down into a lot of details. so you'll be able to see um, by neighborhood and type of housing how the yields varied and then how we use that information um, this slide basically just shows for um all of the units um, that are that are planned um, that are known to us, uh, and it also indicates like the total number of units and then affordable units, and then our projected number of students um, in low-yield simulation versus a, an average-yield simulation. So this is, again, where you see the range where I was saying earlier it could be anywhere from 7,000 to 12,000. You can see here this is actually sorted um, by, neighbor, by development um, in descending order, And then this is to, um, Supervisor Kim, to your question, like timing is really, really important. It's probably one of the most significant things to think about as we um, move into a planning phase around where we might need new schools and when we might need them. Um, And so as more information becomes available, we will be able to refine these. But the blue bar um, is based on a, a point two yield in some of the market raising housing so it's kind of the the um, higher end and then the negligible yield which is based on historical patterns right but we know that we can't just rely on historical patterns which is why we've got two ranges here that's what the red bar indicates and then you'll see it's happening gradually over time so these numbers are by 20 to 2040 but in a slide a few slides from now I'll be showing what it looks like we imagine by 2023 and how it varies in different neighborhoods. So when new units will be occupied really matters because the timing will inform our planning decisions because, you know, this is all new information to us, and it could be that um, it's even greater than the numbers we're talking about here, right? But we have limited resources, so if we think we have to build multiple schools, we'll need to have a framework for making decisions about when these schools should be built, um, and obviously the timing is key to that. So for the major developments, Treasure Island, um, this is anywhere from 1,100 to 2,400 new students. Um, Hunter's Point, anywhere from 886 to 1,500 new students. Candlestick Point, 937 to 1,600. Mission Bay, anywhere from 537 to 992. And Park Merced, 250 to 878. And this slide here um, breaks it down by neighborhood and then also shows the new developments, right? So we, and it, this is just sorted in alphabetical order by, by neighborhood. So in the Bayview, there are a series of new developments um, that will yield anywhere from 2,000 to 3,700 students. And then the column on the far right shows you how many children already live in that part of the city. So there are over 6,000 children who are living in the Bayview, and the number who are living there once the housing has been fully built out will increase by anywhere from 2,000 to 3,700 students. Um, And then it it goes down further. So Mission Bay is part of South of Market. So if you look at South of Market, you can see that that is anywhere from 1700 to 2100 we're expecting in that neighborhood um, if all the planned units um, are built out by 2040. And this might increase if there's more building that happens than anticipated. Um, Again, sorry for the graphics, but this is a visual that just breaks down Um, By each planning neighborhood, the black bar shows the number of children who currently live in that neighborhood. And as Commissioner Walton pointed out, we don't have a neighborhood school assignment system, right? So it's a choice process. But you can still at least see here where the children are living. And the highest concentration of our students are living in the southeast Um, And then it it shows the five areas where the largest growth is. And the reason there are two color bars for yield is showing on the low end and the high end um, what the the number of new students that might be living in that area when the housing is done. So 2040 is a long way away, right? And this this notion um, of of timing is really important as part of the framework for making decisions. So when we combine the existing and new housing – so, we started by just looking at the existing housing, what it might yield, then spent some time looking at the new housing. When you put the two numbers together, we know that by, or we, the projections are that by 2023, we'll have anywhere between 7,000 and 12,000 new students. Um, and it varies again depending on the yields that we use. Um, The growth from new and existing housing is broken down here. So you can see this is the same information just laid out slightly differently. So if we've currently got about 57,000 students, um, there's going to be about 2,900 from existing housing and about 4,000 from new housing on the low end. So that's that's really significant, right? Um, So K-12 enrollment will grow to about 64,000 or 69,000 students by 2023. So again, the key findings, enrollment will continue to grow. The large elementary cohorts are going to move into middle and high. There's uncertainty about the magnitude of growth, but at least we have some really good information that can allow us to start making some decisions now about how to accommodate growing enrollment. And the Bayview, South of Market, and Treasure Island are the three neighborhoods that are going to experience the greatest growth in terms of the number of children living in those areas. So as a next step, we're gonna complete the detailed report that I mentioned earlier, and I'll make sure you get copies of it all, and we'll share it with everybody. We hope lots of people review it, because it's got a lot of really, really rich, nuanced information that'll help inform policy decisions. We're also just going to start using now the information we already have to inform some policy decisions. So we've already convened a staff working group to explore short-term implications for middle and high school because this bubble that's going through, um, we need to start doing work on that immediately. And we're going to be bringing, staff's going to be bringing recommendations to the Board of Education this year. We're going to create a framework and infrastructure to think about supporting long-term planning, as I think all those who spoke before the presentation mentioned, this is a paradigm shift for the district. We're moving from declining enrollment to growing enrollment, and so we need to think about what kind of framework and infrastructure we need to support this exciting time. And then to continue studying student yields, using additional information from the city, and then modifying the projections based on the findings. So, just to conclude with giving a, a sense of the additional information we need to resi- refine the assumptions about student housing. And, and when I say we need this information, it might not even exist. Right I mean, the planning department has been great and has spent a lot of time working with our demographers to get us information, so have the folks at OCII and others but there 's some information that 's not known at the moment in terms of how market rates will be distributed across housing units, so for example towers condo mid rises because students yields vary a lot, so knowing that information will help us revine the um, yields. We also don't know yet what number of senior units there are going to be in each development, and we'd like to know that so we can use as the denominator when doing the yields the actual number of units that are family units. And then the bedroom mix of of developments is also really important. So thank you, commissioners and supervisors. That concludes my presentation, and thank you to those in the audience who um, were patient with the Projection not being as it should have been in terms of being able to see the information.
0: Thank you, Ms. O'Keefe. Supervisor Campos. Thank you,
12: Madam
8: Chair, and I want to thank Ms. O'Keefe uh, for her excellent presentation. It's good to see Mr. Golden too. It's uh, I, I say I, th- I think I say this every time this meeting happens. You know, it brings back memories. So it's great to see these amazing people who are working at the school district. I just had one sort of uh, question, and it's probably a dumb question, but I, I I'm wondering how how often and when does the city, uh, like planning for instance, our planning department, when does it talk to the school district? The, let's say that, you know, we have uh, a number of projects that perhaps are pending before the planning department. Uh, is there someone at planning who says, uh, you know, picks up the phone and says, "Miss O'Keefe or Mr. Golden, you know, just so you know we have uh xyz applications and you have a certain number of units of housing that may be coming down the pike uh you should be aware of that does that happen
12: so i'm probably not the best person to answer that question the the planning department might be but if i know that um it's a really important question and it's something commissioner Mendoza and Commissioner Fuhrer last year convened a very large working group that met a few times. And I think um, we were lucky with the demographers. Um, they spent a lot of time working to get information from um, the, the city to help develop the projections. But I think part of what we're working to do when I said we need to establish a framework and infrastructure is exactly to start to flesh out what that might look like in a more systemic um, ongoing way so that we can, um, that the question of the need for schools can be central to any decision um, related to new housing.
9: Commissioner Fewer.
5: um Yes, thank you, Supervisor Kim. And, and thank you, Ms. O'Keefe, for this. It was very informative. I also um, just want to respond to Supervisor Compass's office, no. In fact, I think that um, it was we started to question it when um, the 16th in Mission development was going to happen right next to Marshall Elementary School, which is a very small elementary school. And I asked for the developments that were in the pipeline, but also had been built around 16th in Mission. And then we saw, I began to see, that we were going to lack actual school space with all these developments. And then it started the conversation about what's happened. As I drove throughout the city, I noticed that there was great development happening south of Market. I knew we didn't have any schools really in the south of Market except Bessie Carmichael, which is very small. Then when I went down to um, Mission Bay, then I— got really alarmed because I said, wow, there's so much development going on. And these are areas, I need to remind the listening public, that these are areas where we had no schools. Mm -hmm. So we were talking dog patch area, which before was empty. You know, much of it was warehouses and industrial. And so now we are building homes there. And so henceforth, we have no schools there. And so I think that we – we, if we had been involved, I think, in earlier conversations with the planning department when they are approving these um, projects, I think that we would have been able to say, wait a minute, that how are we planning for the infrastructure to support the new residents of San Francisco? And part of it is offering them a free public education which is required by law. And for example, out in Park Merced, if we had been involved in those conversations, I think we would have said, um, developers, you, we need a site for school there. Mm-hmm. And also, quite frankly, a early education site there, as I think Supervisor E has always been supportive of early education, that's his background, would have agreed that we need to set aside a, a piece of property that can also be a preschool site as well as a k-5 site not to even mention our middle schools that are impacted i think you heard from this okay today so the answer to your question is no actually we were not informed and it takes us so long to build a school that actually we find ourselves quite frankly being a little bit behind
0: Thanks. thank you thank you um we do have a number of people who um oh We have a number of people that would like to speak at public comments so i don't know if these are questions or comments if we can hold them off until after public comments supervisor Yi. okay great um because i also want to make sure that we can get through parents with small children so um, i'm going to open up for public comment um at this time and uh, so we can hear from members of the public and uh if you do have um if we do have parents with small children if folks just want to let them speak ahead of the line um, i think that would be great so I'm going to f- call the first ten cards um, in my speaker pile. Um, Patrick uh, Valentino, Trevor McNeil, Sam Moss, Katie Lydell, Bettina Cohen, Sarah Bertrand, Alice Rogers, Gail Seagraves, Craig uh, Liberatori, and Emily Critchfield. Um, even if I didn't call your name, if you want to come up to the head of the line, um, you're more than welcome to. And I just have to say um, it is amazing uh, to have so many young kids here sit for over an <laughs> hour and not <laughs> a tremendous feat um, to the parents that are here. Thank you.
13: Hi. Uh, my name is Trevor McNeil. Mr. Valentino graciously yielded his time. Um, I'm very much in support of a b- school in Mission Bay, and I'm also very much in support of this conversation when it comes to planning for the future. Um, the enrollment fair on uh, Saturday is filled with parents who didn't just move here. They've been here for a while. And I think keeping track of demographics is going to help us have less trailers on school yards. It's going to help us plan for Park Merced's success. It's going to plan – it's going to help keep families in the city. And where there's new housing, that's where the new families are going. And so across the city – I don't actually live in Mission Bay, but I know a lot of people who do. And I think the long-term planning is really important. As a former substitute in this district who's been, who's taught in almost every school in the district, when you see a trailer on a playground, what does that mean? That means that there were so many kids at the school that were taking away their playground space. Um, we need to plan for the future. We need to really uh, focus on young families, and I'm in very much favor of uh, school in Mission Bay. I'm very much in favor of supporting further types of development in Park Merced and uh, you know when we're talking about development in this city things get dicey but why not just come up with a metric number of houses number of two family uh, two bedroom houses built equals X number of dollars put into a fund so that we can start getting land to build that new school that we're gonna need eventually we should always be building in the district so thank you very much in anticipation of your support it sounds like we're going in the right direction thank you thank you thank you for being
0: here and perfect timing
14: Hello, my name is Craig Liberatore. This is Julie and Augusto Liberatore. Um, Thank you for having this commission meeting. Um, I'm very much in favor and support of a new school in Mission Bay. um, As a resident there for 19 years, Um, Augusto will be a third generation uh, living where I live right now, where we live right now. Um, We've seen the area rapidly grow. Um, It's become an actual big community at the moment, Um, you know, 15, 17,000 new residents coming to the area, Um, even if a school was built and Augusto wasn't able to go there because of the uh, ways that the school districts work here in San Francisco, um, it would still bring a huge um, community sense to the neighborhood that we've built there. Uh, We have parks. We have new high-rises. We don't have any place for people to bring their children to school. Um, Schools just make more of a well-rounded community, uh, and it's really, really needed in this area. Um, living, living there is a great thing, and I know that people would um, send their kids to public school if, they were, if it was definitely available to them with the way prices are nowadays uh, for buying houses in the area. Um, <laughs> saving money and using your tax dollars to actually let your kid go to public school uh, would be a huge help. Um, so, yes, I'm just here to give my support and say that I'm here and going to uh, help organize, fight, and see if this can get on a school bond in the next upcoming year for everybody thank you
15: thank
0: you
16: Uh, Good afternoon. Uh, My name is Pat Valentino, and I am uh, here on behalf of the South Beach District 6 Democratic Club. We are advocating for this school. I'm also here on behalf of the South Beach uh, Mission Bay Business Association as the president. We are also supporting the school coming to Mission Bay. Um, As you can see from the folks behind me and those that have already spoke, we're getting organized. Uh, We're fairly well organized at this early stage, and we're going to see this through completion. So we are asking you to... uh, build the school in Mission Bay and put this on the 2016 school bond to get it done. I think, uh, as the last couple just stated, we're seeing a lot of couples uh, with kids um, in Mission Bay, in the South Beach Mission Bay area, and throughout uh, our growing area. Uh, The center of gravity seems to be moving uh, to our area with all the changes. Um, We know that the San Francisco Giants, uh, with their Proposition D, may put up another 1,500 housing units with a significant amount of affordable housing units geared towards families. Uh, The neighborhood, I I was surprised when I moved there, how many kids are around and how it's becoming very geared towards families. And so notwithstanding the fact of how the selection process works, uh, as the prior couple just stated, the infrastructure of having a school in the community can really be a game changer. And uh, we're really excited uh, to get this done. And see families stay here. I always remember the stat. We have, I love dogs. We have more dogs than kids in San Francisco. I think uh, some of those dogs would love to have more kids in San Francisco. I know we have a lot of good support for this, so I hope uh, this committee can uh, help push the ball further. Uh, thanks so much.
0: Thank you, Mr. Valentino.
17: Good afternoon. My name is Katie Liddell, and I'm the president of the South Beach Rincon Mission Bay Neighborhood Association. And I am speaking on behalf of the association as well as for myself. So we are definitely strongly advocating for a school in Mission Bay. And I'll get right to the facts. Mission Bay has exploded. Uh, the population over there is unbelievable, the parents with the young kids. The Mission Bay library has to literally turn people away from story times because they can't fit them all in. Uh, the sidewalks are filled with strollers. The, the whole neighborhood is just absolutely booming. Uh, But these families are going to move away if they don't see a a future school in Mission Bay. They would like a public school in their own neighborhood so that they don't need to consider private schools. We know that there are other sites being considered, but Mission Bay needs to be number one because of the current existing population and because that population is expected to balloon to over 15,000 in 2017. Our part of the city is still being built out. There's an abundance of both affordable and market-rate housing planned, and yet we have no school. Land has been designated to the San Francisco Unified School District for this site. The kids are there. Please include the Mission Bay School in the 2016 school bond and make Mission Bay the first school that you build next in San Francisco. Thank you.
18: Thank you, Ms. Lydell. Good afternoon Supervisors Kim, Yee, and Campos, and Commissioners Fewer, Haney, and Walton. My name is Bettina Cohen. I'm a member of the South Beach uh, Mission, yeah, South Beach Rincon Hill Mission Bay Neighborhood Association. And along with Patrick, I'm representing the South Beach District 6 Democratic Club. I moved into a large multiple-unit building in Mission Bay in January 2011, and Mission Bay was already a rapidly growing neighborhood, which included families with young children, and has... As has been noted by Commissioner Fuhr, it is still rapidly growing. In my building, which is a limited equity program development specifically for first-time home buyers, we have many working families and my neighbors immediately above my unit and across the hall from me have young children. The little boy across the hall will be ten years old before a school can be built. I hope the new school in Mission Bay will be built in time for the toddler in the unit above mine and her baby sister, who is now in a stroller, to be able to easily attend a school in walking distance of their home. And as has been said before by previous speakers, um, The, uh, a school in Mission Bay would make the difference between just a, a lot of large, multiple-unit buildings and, you know, a real community. So I support a new school in Mission Bay. We're organized and ready to advocate for this through completion. Please make the Mission Bay School the next school you build, and please include the Mission Bay School in the 2016 school bond. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Cohen.
19: Hi, good afternoon, Supervisors and Commissioners. Uh, My name is Sarah Bertram. I live in Mission Bay. I've been a resident for five years. Um, Love to see all the growth in the neighborhood. I have a two-year-old daughter. I have uh, her baby brother coming in the next couple of weeks. Um, So I am a physical testament to the growth of this neighborhood, literally every day, painfully aware of the growth uh, in Mission Bay. Um, So here to ask for your support in making Mission Bay, the next school that you build, and including it in the 2016 plan. Really appreciate the opportunity for public comment. I grew up um, in Michigan, but across the street from an elementary school, so just reflecting on my childhood, I really feel like, you know, I've seen firsthand the role that a school plays in making the community come to life. And I think that's really what Mission Bay needs. We need something that connects our families. We need something that engages local business, and we need to build tradition and history in a place that's so new. And I don't think anything can do that like a school. So we appreciate your support. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Ms. Bertram. Thank you for being the physical representation of the growth in Mission Bay. She is.
20: I'm Sarah Davis. Um, My family moved into Mission Bay. We bought a houseboat in 1976. It was abandoned train yards at the time, and um, I was also the generation that got bust in the 70s in San Francisco. And as me and my siblings um, spread across the city to different communities and different schools, it was the communities around the public schools, which is where my family got to know people, got to become community activists. And to this day, when I go to different neighborhood in my work, the people that formed out of the San Francisco Unified School District, parent-teacher associations, and communities have become the leaders of our community. Um, and Mission Bay is a very old community and a very new community, and this school is going to be one of the pillars that make us into a real community. So I encourage you to think about us and consider us for the bond, and um, thank you for all your time.
0: Thank you, Ms. Davis. Actually, I'll just call the rest of the speaker cards. Uh, I have uh, Rick Garcia, Darren Kauai, um actually one of our um, vice principals at South of Market, um, Eli Mukun. Uh, Betty Look, Toby Levine, and Charles Rathbone.
21: Hi, my name is Emily Critchfield, and my husband and I own a condo on 235 Berry Street in Mission Bay. Um, My husband is in finance and I work in tech, and we have an 18-month-old baby girl who I hope can go, at least have the option to go to a public school in our neighborhood. Um, Mission Bay is a great neighborhood, and we feel so privileged to live here, um, and it's a neighborhood with really well-connected parents. We all know each other. Our kids all play together, and so we're quickly organizing, and we're going to see this advocacy through to you know a completed school in our neighborhood. Um, one personal story I just wanted to share was an observation I made this past Easter when our neighborhood organized an Easter egg hunt in a really long lawn in our neighborhood, and it was split into two one was for kids two and under and one was for kids three and up the lawn for two uh, kids two and under was packed you couldn't even see grass there were so many kids but the lawn that was for three and up was practically empty and that's a real testament to you know families that are leaving San Francisco which are exactly the people that we want to advocate for staying. and it's a shame because I think the lack of a public a quality public school has a lot to do with that so um, you know I only have one child now, and I plan to have more in the future. And my husband and I are really committed to staying in San Francisco for as long as we can. And if we had that public school, that would be one of the major deciding factors. So definitely advocate for the school, advocate for Mission Bay to be the next school um, for you guys to consider. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Ms. Crutchfield. Actually, my legislative staff member, April Veneracion, was at that egg hunt, and so she had mentioned the same thing and got lots of photos.
15: Good afternoon, Supervisors and Commissioners. Thank you so much for this hearing today. It's been a long time in coming. I think um, the very first month after Supervisor Kim was elected um, initially, we invited her to our neighborhood association, um, and the very first question that we had for her was, what about a school in Mission Bay? So that was a number of years ago. Um, And so we're very excited uh, to finally be able to mobilize the community that's been behind this idea for quite some time. And um, really, the time is now. If we don't get on the 2016 bond, um, I think the the repercussions for the uh, community um, will not be good. As the last speaker said, um, there are people who are leaving now because they're Aren't prospects for their kids in a, a school and I really think it undermines the diversity of um, the community I live on South Park um, and so I've seen over the years 20 years um, mainly grown-ups using the swings and now there's um, much much demand for um, the little kids using the swings and there's no room for the grown-ups that's what we'd like to see but I know in my little 10 unit condo complex already, we've lost three families and um, on South Park itself, we've lost another family. Um, families can't wait. So please um, go forward. Thank you. Oh, And I have a letter that I'd like to leave for you from a family who couldn't be here today.
0: Thank you, Ms. Rogers.
22: Good afternoon. Uh, I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak on behalf of this school. Uh, My name is Sam Moss. I'm the Executive Director at Mission Housing Development Corporation. And, uh, you know, we've been building and and running affordable housing developments for 44 years throughout San Francisco. And in 2002, we completed the Rich Soil Commons, which uh, has about 100 multifamily units in mission Bay, and though we were the first development, we're now just one of many affordable housing developments now and to come and I just I can't think of a better time to make sure that the school makes it on to the two thousand sixteen bond and uh, you know on behalf of myself and mission housing, we, we really want to stress that we support it um, and one, one last thing I, I do believe that you know in real estate. A development, how expensive it is and how daunting the project can be, can make people say that, you know, it's too hard. And, you know, and in just that regard, if you hear that someone says, well, maybe people won't, you know, want a public school, I just I can't imagine of a worse reason to not keep trying to build as many high quality public schools as we can throughout San Francisco. And Mission Bay is definitely right for one. So please uh, do what you can. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Moss, and we'd love to get your families involved in the effort. Thank you.
23: Good afternoon, uh, members. My name is Charles Rathbone. I'm a a resident of Mission Bay, and I can uh, attest, as many of the other speakers have, that the uh, population of uh, young people is growing tremendously in Mission Bay. I know that uh, many of my neighbors have uh, young children. Uh, they are really good people. They are, they are the kind of people that uh, I'm very proud to have as, as neighbors. I hate to see them move away for lack of a school. Uh, I believe that uh, in the, uh, the uh, enrollment projections that uh, you saw a little earlier, that there's uh, evidence that Mission Bay is the place to have that school. Uh, for instance, on page 23 of the presentation, uh, the K-12 to uh, growth uh, from new housing, just from new housing, is expected to be as much as 6,300 uh, children by 2023. M- much of that new housing is uh, going up in Mission Bay now uh, as we speak, and I don't believe that even includes the uh, very large Mission Rock project. So uh, I think that uh, Mission Bay is, is ripe uh, for a, a school. Uh, also uh, observed that uh, Mission Bay has some fabulously wealthy neighbors, uh, not the least of whom are the uh, San Francisco Giants. I believe that uh, there's a, a good chance to uh, reach out to uh, some of these uh, organizations in a, a capital campaign down the road to help uh, defray some of the uh, costs of the uh, new school, which are, uh, of course, are very high. Uh, anyway, uh, in conclusion, I urge you uh, to make uh, a school in Mission Bay uh, the next one that, uh, uh, San Francisco builds and, uh, thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Mr. Rathbone.
24: So, uh, good evening and thank you for having me. So I'm Darren. Um, I'm an administrator here in the district. I'm at Bessie Carmichael. So, um, I'm in, uh, Supervisor Kim's district. Great to um, have
0: one of our eight yeah. assistant principals here from Bessie Carmichael so and a D6 you. resident.
24: But I'm also a Mission Bay resident. And so I wanted to speak on behalf. I have a child in, uh, SFUSD public schools. Um, and a lot has been said. Obviously, I support the Mission Bay uh, project for a school. I believe in all that. I believe it should be a to K-5 school. I'd like to get this on the bond as soon as possible so that we could have it opened as close to 2020 as possible if it's a five-year build-out. The one thing that I haven't heard that I really want to focus on, though, is the idea of keeping it walkable. I'm in a neighborhood where parking is an issue, and we've tried to do these parking-friendly, bike-friendly neighborhoods. And if there could be a school in the flat part of San Francisco where kids could walk to school or ride their bikes, that would be a tremendous thing. We have schools that are relatively close. Bessie Carmichael's not that far. But with the traffic on 7th and all the dangers and Harrison and all the busy streets there and the freeway on and off ramps, having a school that's walkable in our neighborhood would be key. Daniel Webster and Star King are far up the hill in Petrero Hill. So having a school that's walkable, that's a neighborhood centerpiece right there would really be a strong case for us. Uh, thank you. I hope that we have that. Oh, one more thing I forgot to mention. The Bayview schools and the projections are also the one area that's under-enrolled. So although there are not that many schools and there's no schools in Dogpatch, and obviously we're talking about Mission Bay, Bayview actually has several schools that are under-enrolled, and so there is possibilities of space there, and there's other possibilities. But in the southeast part of San Francisco, where it would be all the way over to Mission Bay, we need a school there. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you, Mr. Koi, and also thank you for your leadership at Bessie Carmichael. Very appreciate it.
9: Hi, good afternoon. My name is Betty Luke and I'm a resident of Mission Bay. Um, both my husband and I also work in high tech, and we have an 11-month-old daughter. And I wanted to add a little more per- personal perspective to you know, how important it is to have a school in Mission Bay, and you know, one of the really good proof points of that is the library story time. Um, and you know, I have a alarm on my phone um, that rings every Friday, because if I'm late, even by two minutes, the registration's completely full. Um, and there is a wait list you know, of people waiting to get in and people don't show up every week at the library. Um, that just goes to show how important it really is to start building out infrastructure to s- serve the kids that are in the neighborhood. Um, I grew up in, you know, in public school. I believe that children should be able to walk to school, um, so I would really like to have that for my daughter as well. Um, we own a market rate unit in the neighborhood, and if there was a neighborhood school, that's where we would choose to send our daughter. So um, please make the mission-based school the number one priority, um, get that on the bond, and make it a priority for that school to serve the neighborhood children. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Ms. Luck.
22: Good afternoon, Commissioners and Supervisors. Just want to thank you all for giving me the opportunity to speak. I'm a resident of uh, Supervisor Kim's district, but I'm also a law student who's dedicated his career to educational policy. My mother herself is a teacher, and I'm a product of the California public school system. I just want to say that in order, we may not be certain about the growth that's going to go on in this area, but one thing we can be certain about is that schools play an instrumental role In the development of youth I think it's important that we reaffirm our commitment to educating these youth and ensuring that they have these school systems because had it not been for the schools in California I would not be in the situation I am today I just hope we can commit ourselves to getting this done so thank you
0: thank you Ms. Rockland
25: good afternoon board and commissioners Uh, my name is Rick Garcia and I'm a resident of Mission Bay Uh, I live at 255 Berry Street and I am in support of a school in Mission Bay. Um, My wife and I moved there uh, nearly 10 years ago, and we've seen that neighborhood transform from a bunch of empty lobs to a vibrant and um, sprawling (coughs) neighborhood. The one thing that's missing and that's really needed is a public school, and we hope that you'll be able to push that uh, public school on the agenda. A couple of things with Mission Bay is that um, it's an established neighborhood. There's... I think uh, some of the numbers are 15 to 17,000 people who already live there. Schools are needed now. Um, we have a lot that's already uh, in place. Let's build that school there. So um, again, please uh, make the Mission Bay School uh, the next school that you build in San Francisco, and also please include Mission Bay School in the 2016 uh, school bond. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Garcia.
26: Uh, good afternoon commissioners and board members my name is toby levine and i'm a resident of mission bay actually the the same building as mr garcia (laughs) so uh i'm very pleased about a couple of things that are being done here today one is the fact that you are really thinking about using demographics and the need for building new schools and you're trying to plan that future that is extremely important because this city is changing and the, um, the weight is moving in, in different directions. We find in Mission Bay that we are really packed with kids. It's something that just seemed to have happened overnight. It used to be that we were birds, sea lions, and dogs. The sea lions have gone away. We still have some birds, but we now have lots and lots of children. And I think when you're planning this school, and I hope that it will go forward, I'm very appreciative of what you're doing now, that when you do the planning for Mission Bay, that you look at all the other possibilities that we have. We have that beautiful library. There's a new park that's going to open up for children very soon. We have uh, different um, uh, possibilities in terms of creating uh, a school that becomes the center for the neighborhood uh, this is so important to us and to our survival so i i hope that you'll give us the best consideration we can thank you
0: thank you Ms. Levine.
1: good afternoon my name is jamie whitaker and i live in the rincon hill neighborhood and just want to also voice my support for a uh, elementary school in mission bay Um, and also with with what was announced yesterday about affordable housing the need for affordable housing for teachers uh, to attract new teachers to the area Um, maybe there's a possibility since mission bay is accustomed to buildings greater than 40 feet tall uh, to build housing uh, that could be subsidized apartments for teachers on top of a school in in mission bay Uh, so maybe an, an additional reason for the city at large to support building a school in Mission base to provide some affordable housing for school teachers. Um, you know, District 6 is certainly the epicenter of the new construction. It uh, has been for quite some time. When you look at One Rinkin Hill, the first tower that was built against the Bay Bridge, you might think, oh, there's uh, probably no kids there. Uh, last time I checked, there's about 80 children that live in that one uh, high-rise tower. The Infinity uh, has about 100 children last time I checked, and this is two years ago. Uh, the affordable housing that's going to be built in Transbay, the redevelopment project area, it's going to be a 1,000 units at least. Uh, south of Market in general has a lot of affordable housing because of rules about where off-site housing can be built. Uh, tenth and Mission, I think, is a building a 100 some odd units, uh, which is basically the affordable housing built by Lumina at, at uh, Folsom and Main. Um, with all this affordable housing, while there's – a lot of private schools that are that see the opportunity uh alt alt school just opened up a new school building at fourth and folsom this year uh I, I think there's a lot of folks that don't have nineteen thousand dollars per child to send their kids to private schools especially the folks living in affordable housing so please do support the 2016 school bond having money for the school in mission bay thank you
0: thank you mr whitaker um, is there any other public comment on this item Seeing none, public comment is closed. Yeah, that's what the public comment is for.
27: Not not the mission made then.
0: Right, so the public comment is on enrollment projections. Okay. So Um, um, do I have to take a motion to, so.
27: We should take a motion to reopen public comment. Can I have
0: a motion to reopen, we have a motion to reopen public comment and we can do that without objection.
27: Hi, my name is Reynolds Cameron and um I just had wanted to take issue with the, the 0.2 uh yield factor that, that is used by SFUSD. Um my family came here uh from from Norway and we've uh moved to Petrera Hill because of the Mandarin Immersion Program. Um we're currently renting a one bedroom apartment, we've got two kids, and so by yield, uh I, I don't think that works into the, the factors you're using. We're looking to buy a house, but you know it's pretty expensive here. So I don't know what we're going to do as our kids get older, but um, probably going to be somewhere in Bayview or Visitation Valley, maybe Mission Bay if a school gets built there. But we'd like our kids to go to a local school. So um, just, I guess the, just with res- respect to the yield factor, I think um, we need to consider what's actually happening today. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much. I won't gavel down so quickly. Um, Any other members of the public that would like to comment on item number two? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Supervisor Yee, thank you for waiting patiently.
4: Thank you very much. Um, um, First of all, um, as I mentioned, I'm well aware of the possibility of building a school in Mission Bay for years, now decades, Uh, and I, I, I would be one that would be supportive if it were to be added on the bond measure uh as maybe we should consider several uh that we could build out um i know that i s- try to get a discussion going for instance uh our department said where they had um set aside some uh some some land to build um, either what they said was going to be a child care center or a school. And, um, and my uh, discussion with them uh, seems to be they're open to it, but I said, well, why does it have to be either a child care or a school? What we really need is a child care and a school. Um, and that um, certainly... The, if it's going to be a school, the public school should have very top priority. Go go in there and to negotiate uh, the lease. So they've been pretty good about the discussion. Um, the the uh, school district now knows about it. Um, they've um, the district and department said reps have met already at least once in my office. I, I'm not too sure if there's been any follow-up in that discussion, but I feel like uh, if there hasn't been, we need to keep on putting that on the table for them, otherwise they might forget as they move forward. Um, they were talking about, even though the the um, footprint that was um, provided in their plans uh, was not as large as I would like it, they were open to the discussion of expanding their footprint. Uh, they were open to talking about setting aside maybe a retail space for childcare instead. So, um, but my, my point is that there's some opportunities there that um, with current projects. I mean, maybe Partners is a little different because it's so huge, um, and we need to take advantage of that at this point. And we can't wait. You know, when they say, "Well, you know, we're already five years from now," dude really start building it. Well, let's talk about how we're going to design it and so forth and what it's going to look like. Um, And I I also realized that um, one of the things that I've been pushing, as I mentioned earlier about uh, family housing, I'm trying to get, and I would love to uh, meet with the, um, or my staff would like to meet with um, a group of of folks from the, um, I think you said, uh, is it recon? No, not recon. um, um, South Park uh, Association, South Beach, yeah, Neighborhood Association, or any group. One of the groups I, I want to meet with is to discuss with um, real um, new parents or soon to be parents um, because uh, the discussion I'm trying to have is what are the elements that really keep families in San Francisco in terms of housing and, of course, you know, the infrastructure that is built around it. And I haven't had a chance to really have that, that discussion uh, I would love to have, have that so we could start talking to city planning about these issues um, the the other thing that I, I was thinking about was um, as you know the school district and and the city has come together to uh, create a council our, our children our families council and it was really um, it's, we've gone f- full circle—not full circle—but we've matured in our discussion of what it should be. Uh, and it wasn't just about s- children's services and education. That, I mean, of course, that's going to be uh, a very high focus. But one of the things that we discussed uh, in 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 creating this council is what is the our, our vision of uh, f- uh, for children and families in the city. What kind of service do do we need? What kind of education system can we have? But included in this discussion is what are the infrastructure issues that we we need to address, and we need and since a reform, and they're beginning to talk about um, some of the the uh, far-reaching and near and 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 far uh, goals that they have to set. That should be a place where. A lot of this discussion about where the schools are going to happen because all the departments all the city departments are involved the head of the departments city planning uh, uh, housing and so forth and then many of the departments in the school district are involved so I'm hoping that that could be sort of a, a platform for them to continue the discussion beyond Mission Bay um, the um, because I was thinking you know i i 'm probably guilty you know i 'm so focused on like you know trying to push for family housing and push for child care, so oftentimes I forget to when i when developers come to my offices to mention well where 's the school, and I need to put that into my dialogue i mean uh, all of us need to do that because when you when when for instance i I, I think the giants uh mission rock right. Or Mission, yeah, Mission Rock uh, uh, development. They were very, fairly open uh, in in some of the issues that we're pointing out. And um, at this point, they they they're talking about family housing, like they didn't talk about it a year ago. Uh, they're talking about affordable housing. Thank you, Supervisor Kim, to in a way that they didn't talk about a year ago, and. Um, and and the other thing that they didn't talk about a year ago, and they made commitments to do, they, they want to put a 20,000 square foot child care center there in the development. So, I mean, the fact that people are going to listen and they want to do right, and, uh, we need to bring up this issue of schools uh, everywhere that we go. So that's that's sort of my comment about this.
0: Thank you, Supervisor Yi. And actually, there is a group that's forming. Um, around uh, Mission Bay families and I know they'll be having some regular meetings and so maybe we can have your office attend Mm -hmm. um, those meetings um, to have a discussion on how to keep families here.
4: I just want to say one more thing about the Mission Bay School. I I know the footprint is kind of small but um, I'm also many of us um, have also pushed that our school district is a pre-k 12 And that if we're talking about elementary school, it should be a pre-K-5, not a K-5?
0: Thank you. Commissioner Feuer.
5: Yes, thank you. So, Supervisor Yee, thank you for your advocacy. As um, my past colleague, I know how you operate, and I would expect no less from you. So thank you so much for looking out for us. Um, I just want to clarify a couple of things that I heard the speaker say. Is that um, yes we are trying to capture as many public school children as we can out of this new housing boom Mm -hmm. that San Francisco is experiencing and so yes we do need a school there and I just also want to say that um, when we say about quality public schools in San Francisco I think my colleagues can agree that all of our schools are quality schools as we are one of the highest ranking urban school districts in the state of California so I think that um, Parents who choose to send their kids to our public schools um, can be assured that they are going to get a high-quality education. I just want to also be aware that it is very expensive to build a school in Mission Bay, as we must dig down into pilings. And so it is more expensive than a regular site, for example, that we've already had a school on and that we are remodeling. Um, and then I just want to say that um, the speaker, Sarah, that she is absolutely right that I think our schools have become our community centers in our neighborhoods. It used to be churches very much so, but now it's really our schools. And we're finding that we're building strong school connections and communities at all of our schools in San Francisco. And it is true that we do um, not have I mean we do have a preference for attendance area so I just want to make sure that we all we don't have neighborhood schools in San Francisco we have attendance area schools and that is a really big difference because of the connotation of neighborhood schools in um, the civil rights movement and so we are careful to say that it's attendance area schools and then I just also want to say in closing that many of our families leave not because there is not a school nearby them, but simply because it is so expensive for our families to live here. And um, I personally have been down to Mission Bay recently and visited the dog park, and there is a great dog park there. So I say it is time for a great school there for our kids, and I I would be supportive of putting this onto the 2016 bond. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Fuhr, and thank you also for your commitment. Commissioner Walton.
11: Thank you, Supervisor. Um, Just a couple of things. Uh, One, I want to thank the families for coming out, um, particularly the ones who live in the Mission Bay community and expressing um, what you've been observing anecdotally and seeing the change and the shifts in your communities. Um, And thank you for coming out here on a Thursday. and it's also good to hear that uh, families are going to story nights at the public library. Um, I think that that's something that's important um, as a fabric of the community, and I would love to come and see that in action one day. So I will be following up to, to find out when that takes place. Um, but just a couple of things, like Commissioner Fewer uh, noted earlier, um, the land that is designed for a school in Mission Bay, if you look at the projections and the influx of families and the families currently there it's definitely not adequate so I'm also encouraging us as we continue this conversation to figure out where spaces are uh, in the community where we could definitely build a bigger school with with more land and look at the possibilities of course of some type of early child care center as well um, like Norman a commission supervisor uh, you stated um, hopefully we can have a conversation about uh, and versus uh, or um, and so I just want to focus on that as we continue the conversation.
0: Thank you Commissioner Walton and finally Commissioner Haney.
7: Um, So I want to also say thank you to everybody who came out um, and for all the organizing. I think um, there was a time in which there was a question as to whether the community really wanted this school and whether the need was there. I think that because of the work that has been done and the organizing that has happened and that will continue to happen. I think we've demonstrated and you all have demonstrated that there is that uh, need and, and actually an excitement about it. I, uh, many people have made note of the families who've come out with the young children and um, uh, and, and, and children who are at home uh, and, and wanting to have that school there for them, uh, which I think is wonderful. I am also especially want to note those of you who are here who don't have children and who believe that this is an important way to build a community in Mission Bay and the future of, of, of the community in mission bay being one that is welcoming and anchored around families i think is really inspiring for those of you who have been there for a long time and want that to be what the future of mission bay is i think um is wonderful to see and i think what we want to see for the future of san francisco in general so um, i'm I'm inspired by those of you who are who are coming out with that as well Um, i'm also as i've said uh, very supportive of this and 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 supportive of seeing it happen uh, in the 2016 bond Uh, i think that there's A lot that we need to still figure out on our end and uh, you know david golden is here Uh, i'm myself and uh, commissioner walton are members of the building and grounds committee so i hope that the next time we all see each other uh, we'll be at a conversation over in in the school district um, around the next steps on our side what are some options that we have Um, what are some of the costs associated uh, with it Um, There's been conversations about different sites, different height levels, um, what's possible in terms of capacity. So I hope that we can uh, move forward with some of the specifics uh, and get to a point where we can be certain and and united uh, around what we want to see at that site. I agree that it'd be wonderful, and it should have a pre-K, and and that should be the model of schools as we move forward. Um, So thank you for that, Supervisor Yee. So I just want to lend my support and gratitude to everybody who's done the organizing and say uh, next time over uh, across the street and then back again over here, I'm sure. And it's really wonderful that this is being done. Uh, in partnership uh, in the way it is with Supervisor Kim and, and the entire Board of Supervisors in this committee uh, to work together with the Board of Education uh, to make sure that this happens and that it happens soon and that we fulfill this promise that has been around for a long time uh, and we do it uh, as soon as possible so thank you all.
0: Thank you and I also uh, want to thank uh, Commissioners uh, Fiore and Haney for meeting with um, a group of our parents and uh, uh, South Beach South Market Rincon Hill Mission Bay um advocates uh, to walk through the process at the Board of Education and I do want to thank um the neighborhood for coming out and organizing speaking today um and what will be uh, a long uh a, f- a longer conversation um, over the next year. Um, I think, you know, as, as Commissioner Fewer and Supervisor Yee mentioned, this was a big conversation when we were, um, when Supervisor Y and I were on the school board, and we had a small group of Mission Bay parents come and ask us to um, ensure that we would build um, the school as it was part of the Mission Bay redevelopment plan. Um, and we had this 2.2-acre site conveyed to us by UCSF um, to be built um, or to, uh, to convey site control by 2017, I believe. Um, I think this is absolutely the time for us to move forward with the completion of the Willie Brown Middle School, um, which was a priority of the school district to ensure that there was a comprehensive middle school in the Bayview um, neighborhood. And now that that has been opened, um, looking forward to the building of another school, um, hopefully in, in District 6. Um, I think that that uh, has been really expressed well um, why the need exists. Um, I think even five years ago, it was really hard to visualize Um, the change that would happen in this neighborhood even with all the housing construction that had been projected and improved and entitled when you walk through the neighborhood you really see the young families um, and you and you see them in the library um, as was mentioned a beautiful library i should mention if you have not been there um, you see them in the parks um, you see them all over the neighborhood and we want to see our families stay here and feel like um, that there is going to be a school in the neighborhood that um, they can't access if if it's built and I know that the neighborhood will also work with the school district um, post-construction to ensure that you know many of our partners will be contributing uh, to the school as well um, on the inside um, beyond the building construction. Um, I am very aware of the fact that um, maybe the site may not be large enough for the need. Um, so on our end, uh, my office will be exploring... Um, what are some possibilities to increase available space and resources um, so that we can accommodate all of our families and not have families fight over a limited number of uh, kindergarten and first grade spots um, in the elementary school. So we'll certainly explore what's in the area. As many of you know, much of the land is accounted for, um, and certainly very expensive um, because of the value of the growth that's happening in this area. But, you know, we can always be creative and, and look to see what can be done. So... Um, Seeing no further comments, Um, what I'd like to do is uh, take a motion to file um, this item. Can we have a motion to file?
4: Um, Do you want to file it or do you want to continue?
0: Um, You know, Supervisor, we can do a motion to continue or to file. Um, We can have a different hearing still on the same topic but change kind of what the requests are, or we can just have a motion to continue to leave it open. I'm actually, I can entertain either motion. Okay. So we have a motion to continue the item. Can we do that without
4: opposition? It's too exciting. I mean, I just want to continue the discussion around this.
0: It is really exciting, especially considering 10 years ago, attending these school board meetings where we had these tearful conversations about closing schools. Um, Those conversations were so hard, and it's really exciting to have a conversation about building a new school. Um, So absolutely, we will take a motion to continue, and we can do that without opposition. Mr. Clerk, are there any other announcements or items?
1: There are no more items, Madam Chair.
0: Seeing none, um, thank you again, everyone, for coming. Meeting is adjourned.